0: Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome to the Know Your Gear podcast live from Know Your Gear. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Live podcast number 291. Thank you guys for another amazing week. Uh, Hope you guys are doing great patrons and members and everyone who supports the show by super chats hanging out just watching giving a thumbs up member thumbs ups are free uh obviously a lot of people uh posted this week you know their uh spotify sent out a bunch of numbers to everyone if you watch, if you listen on spotify they tell you how much you listen to it if you uh put content on spotify they tell you this stuff and we got some crazy numbers that were really great and it basically just said that the podcast has been growing really really well in the last year and um you know, and it was in some of the most high uh, shared categories and some of the highest uh, like watch categories and just some crazy numbers. And that's really important uh, because, one, it's just nice. It's a nice accolade to have. But also um, for the last couple of years, it seems like all my analytics have been in iTunes. iTunes, and that still is, by the way. Whatever uh, Spotify is, iTunes is just, uh, uh, you know, astronomical. So you don't have to listen to podcasts on any platform other than what you want. So if there's iHeartRadio, Pandora, uh, Spotify, uh (laughs) iTunes there's a ton but and of course it's here just watch it in here so I just want to thank you for that but the thing that's the big the big thing is not that we got some cool numbers and and the show is doing great or are very good I should say no it's doing great is that this show is 100 percent sponsored by you guys it's sponsored by the the patrons it's sponsored by members it's sponsored by super chats it's sponsored by thumbs ups I know that sounds stupid but it is it's true subscribers Things, you know, people sharing this content, and and that's how it works. And um, and I've said this many many times. That there was a time where it was just cool to say, "Hey, man, it's cool. The show's sponsored by us." It's a lot cooler now because the numbers are are strong enough to where there's a lot of people who a lot of companies that would like to sponsor the show, and um, we don't have to. We don't have to do it. So. And, uh, and I, and I look back now and I'm really happy considering, you know, especially in the last couple of years is, is, uh, as the show's gone and we're all enthusiasts of guitar and music, it's done great. Let's just be honest. There are some things that companies just don't understand and, uh, and that you guys do. And that's the. That's the short of it. So I, I have no doubt, two things. I have no doubt that if uh, we had a company sponsor, we could get a company sponsor very easily. That's what I have no doubt. I have no doubt we'd probably lose the company sponsor. <laughs> uh, you know, think about this. Just this year alone, and now I could say the year's almost over because we're in December. Just this year alone, I had two companies outright uh, get extremely upset of things I said did and said about other companies. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm always like, I still don't know how to process that. What I mean is um, whatever I said on this show or whatever I said about another company, I guess they took it as a, hey, we don't want to work with you anymore because if you're going to say something nice about somebody else, we're not here or whatever. Um, And it's not to uh, trash talk them. It's just to explain that one of the nice things about those kind of conversations when I have those is, uh, well, good thing there's not a paycheck attached to that goodbye. You know, It's just usually goodbye and it's okay, goodbye. <laughs> but I could imagine it would be a lot more stressful day for me if it was goodbye and goodbye to that money. And I'd be like, oh, thank God my viewers are here. All right. So that was my tangent. Uh, it's all, it's like I said, it's just want to say thank you. It's the, again, it's just, it's not that the, the numbers were good. It's that I realized like when I got the numbers, I was like, man, we did this. Not I did this. We did it. So awesome. Okay. So why is there a, a, a thing on my, uh, the screen. <laughs> I don't even know what you call it. Here's what it is. As I told you, the missus has uh, taken over Instagram. She is now running the Instagram for me. As I've told you guys for years, we weren't doing a whole lot on Instagram, but apparently there's a lot of cool stuff we can do on Instagram. I've already kind of learned that just in the last couple weeks. One of the things is she got a, uh, she, she worked out a deal with Stu Mac to give away, uh, basically not basically, uh, over a thousand dollars worth of tools, but more importantly, they're not just tools. Um, how it was presented to me. And this is why I'm going to give you a little backstory. Cause if you watch the Instagram, you'll get the funny part of this. I was told, Hey, all you have to do is pick out all your favorite tools, which was easy. Cause I just picked out all the tools I use every day that I own and have been using for years. And that came to like almost 1100 bucks or I don't know, over a thousand dollars. And then, um, um, Ali at Mac, who's amazing, and my wife uh, basically did all this stuff, including the fact that I couldn't even understand the contest rules. So if you watch the Instagram video, there's a point where I stopped talking and my wife's talking. That's because I tried three takes and I couldn't say it. So I just said, why don't, why don't you say it? <laughs> she just said it. So... Basically, here's the easy part. We're giving away a thousand dollars worth of, uh, Stumac tools, um, and a zoom call with me to go over those tools, uh, and show you how I use them and, and help you work with that. To do that, you have to go to Instagram and you got to follow their Instagram rules. Cause obviously this is to get subs and get people on Instagram. And, um, That's all you got to do. But what's great is I put a link. If you're watching this on a phone, you can go to Instagram and do it. If you're on a TV, apparently you can scan this thing that she put up on the screen, that barcode, with your phone, (laughs) and it'll take you right to my Instagram. So uh, please do that. The other thing my wife desperately asked me to say is that uh, today looking at the analytics, by the way, it's it's great. Um, However, uh, apparently, if you don't uh, follow me, follow Stu Mac, tag a friend, and save the video, which is like that little bookmark icon, Um, you don't qualify. And she's saying that there's a lot of people that are not doing those things. So uh, one, please do those things if you want to win the stuff. But also, uh, it's probably going to look really good. You probably have a good chance because a lot of people aren't doing it the right, doing all the things. And like I said, there you go. For those that don't do Instagram, I totally understand. (laughs) I watch mostly Lego videos on Instagram. I don't even build Legos. I buy Legos every year at Lego set a couple Lego sets, a couple actually, every year and uh, around this time. And my uh, wife and kids uh, put Legos together and I, I watch, but I like watching Lego sets. I don't know what it is. All right. Maybe because one day I dream of having the time to do Lego sets. Um, okay. What else? Uh, yeah. Beast 511 says $1,000 in Stu Mac. That's at least two files. You know, what's funny is let me share with you real quick. Uh, this is what you win. Uh, and, uh, and there's also a soldering station and there's also a kit, a, a polish, uh, a fret guards and some other stuff, but this is all my personal tools right here. You can see, um, you know, some of the tools are worn out and stuff and some of them are older, some of them are newer and, uh, this, and yeah, so yeah, it was one of those, like, I really felt like, I really felt like, uh, when I was looking at all the tools, and includes the mat and all this stuff. When I was looking at the tools and I was putting it on the table, looking at, it, I was like, "Man, this is how I feel when I come home from the grocery store." I look at the receipt and I go, "Wait, where's all this stuff I bought? This can't be it." So, yeah, StuMac tools are expensive, which is why uh, my wife said, "Hey, let's do this," because we did the StuMac thing where I said, "Hey, you get a discount," and then my wife's like, "Well, what a you know, what can we do, you know, to get people in the audience that maybe don't want to buy the tools or don't want to, you know, don't ha- are in the situation right now? Let's see if they can win some." So that's what we're gonna do. All right. Um, so there you go. There's your opportunity. I did my due diligence. I want to say thank you to everyone again, Allie and, uh, and to my wife for, uh, doing this, man. It was really cool. Plus I like, uh, do all the new Instagram stuff. If you haven't seen it, it's really cool. Cause half the time it's, it's, uh, it's like today. She just tells me, this is what I have to do. Do this, say this, <laughs> stand here, do that. And, uh, it's more behind the scenes stuff. And like I said, she's already come up with so much stuff that I think is exciting stuff I never did before. I never shared with anybody because I didn't think to do it. So, if that stuff you care about, there it is. It's right there. All right, let's get into some of the questions and the guitar stuff, and uh, and uh, let's let's do this. Let's uh, let's uh, let's get into this. All right, what are we gonna do first? Let's do some uh, early risers. Um, I didn't get all of them, but I got some. And uh, and the first one was from Adv. It says cheers from Norcal. North Carolina? No, no North Car- North California. North California. I'm gonna say NorCal is North Cal- California, so uh, right. Because I think it's SoCal, so NorCal, right? So, um, anyways, we need a Nags video and an e-bike video. Thanks for all you do. I am currently working on the Nags video. I know I say that all the time, but you gotta understand, I'm working on the Parker Nightfly video, and that's taking an insane amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> the deep dive video on the, the night fly is one of those, like, it's a guilty pleasure. There's no way it's going to pay a dividend. No one's going to watch this video, but man, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be the most, uh, detail oriented video on that guitar you've ever seen. Because, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I, or if I told you, I've said, I've been to like 33 or 35 factories and, and shops around the world. One of them was the Parker Fly shop in, uh, in Illinois. And, uh, and uh, so I have footage from that. And I have all these experiences from that. So and anyway, so there's the video and, and that's what's gunking it up. So I'll be putting out while I'm doing a bunch of those deep dive videos and finishing them up, I'm going to be putting out some smaller pedal videos and some other stuff over the next few days so that there's content still coming and I can still keep working on that and not feel the pressure to have that out. Uh, so that's coming. Nags is coming. E-bikes, uh, e-bikes. Yeah, I actually, we, as you guys know, uh, my wife and I bought, or maybe you don't know, my wife and I bought e-bikes, electric bikes. Um, I felt like they're e-cigarettes, like e e-c- They're bikes. that put out vapor. No, um, e-bikes in July. And uh, they've been fantastic. We had a pretty, I don't want to say horrible. It was not a great experience buying electric bikes. Um, I feel like the market for electric bikes is really geared towards who I am, which is like an empty nester kind of person, you know, right, right? My kids really don't hang out with us as much. They're older now. And you know, we want to ride around and have a blast and, uh, you know, and, and we want to just have fun on these bikes. And when we went to bike shops, it felt like every bike shop was really geared towards selling us something, uh, obviously that we didn't need or didn't want, but we didn't really know anything. I kind of really had a, a, a really bad, uh, not a bad experience, but a really interesting experience where I can really relate to a lot of people that now watch this channel or channels like mine, where it's like, man, I, I kind of went to a guitar store and I got hosed over. They kind of just put me in the wrong guitar. I feel like we got put in the wrong bikes. We didn't know what. So it was was not a great experience. And then I thought, I told her, I go, well, let's learn from it. So what I told her was, let's ride these bikes for a few months, which is what we did. And what we learned is what everything we don't like about them and like about them. And uh, so the good news is this week we got new electric bikes that are amazing. Um, and I will, so the reason why I haven't put out a video on the other channel about that, I said I was going to put out a video, even though it's not about guitars, about electric bikes is that, um, I really want to, I want to, uh, I wanted to share with you this experience because these are super crazy expensive. Uh, and, uh, and I didn't, and I didn't want to talk to you when I went on YouTube and watched all these videos about bikes, everyone's like this athletic bicyclist talking about bikes. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm somebody who wants to just ride a bike to get a little more healthy, have a little fun, you know, and I don't really want to want to shell up a ton of money into this, especially if I don't know what it is. And so hopefully I'll have that, but I, I, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you know soon. The video will soon be out on the second channel. Um, it's not going to be super you know, intense, but it's going to explain what, what went wrong with the first bikes and why the second bikes are far superior. And that was the way to go. And what I learned from this whole experience. All right. So there you go. I kind of feel like I'm spending too much time talking about bike top. Um, all right. Uh, the next question came from Daniel who says, uh, love the show. Thank you, Daniel bought a 1999 Mexican made, uh, Stratocaster super clean. What do you think about the pickups? What would you change? Uh, what should, would you change them to? So I love uh, the '99 Strats, ni- th- that era. I think it's pre. I want to say 2010. So uh, Mexican Strats pre to- 2010, uh, when the change happened. It's around that time. So yours is in the first, in that before the change. So some of the things I don't like about the main Mexico Strats pre 2010. They have smaller fret wire than the American ones uh, have, and now they have the same fret wire, which isn't a big deal. You probably won't notice it. Don't worry about it if you haven't noticed it. I, it's just something I, I'm like into the bigger fret wire. Um, but the pickups in the old ones to me are amazing. Um, so I love the Made in Mexico uh, Strat pickups. They um, a lot of players sometimes don't like them because they don't seem to be as chimey and as like you know kind of stratty as the vintage esque. Strat style pickups. But one of the things I love them is they have this P90 kind of punch and it's by design. It's because they made them a little less expensive, right? So they cut the cost and the way they did that is they constructed them more like, in my opinion, a P90. Um, obviously there's not that ma- that much wire on there like a P90, but just the way they did it. If you look at the, um, I mean, I bet you if you put them on I I haven't done it, but if you put them on um, a meter for resistance, I'm, I bet you the resistance will be somewhere in the same range as a typical Strat pickup, but I bet you, if you look at the inductance, um, it's a little bit more aggressive because they use a much bigger magnet on those bigger, you know, bigger, bigger magnets, um, to, to get the, to pick up the sound the way it does, which is like, to me, it's like a P90. So what I'm trying to say is I really love, uh, the Main Mexico pickups, especially the pre 2010 ones, but I also really like it for the bridge pickup. It sounds great. So what I change, so what would I change to? I wouldn't change it. <laughs> In fact, I have um I have not only uh made Mexico telly pickups, I had made and Mexico strat pickups in a couple of my strats and tellies. Uh and those strats and tellies are, are USA made ones. I actually put the main Mexico ones in there, especially in the bridge, because I like the punch of that. So there you go. And uh you can sometimes pick them up for nothing on uh, eBay, at least back in the day and reverb, you know, you pick up some delivered, you know, shipped for 20, 30 bucks and it was a great pickup or I think I didn't even pay that. I think I paid twenty bucks or thirty bucks for a set something back in the day. So, um, let's see. Uh, Amanda says, please be kind. So apparently people are probably acting a fool. Amanda, you just knock them out. <laughs> One thing I love about Amanda is she's on it, man. She's, she don't take no crap. Good for you. So, uh, Amanda, that's, the, that's the, uh, remember everybody's gotta, this is the whole point is to have some fun. So, um, if she kicks you out, she kicks you out, buddy. She's, uh, I think she takes way more crap. Uh, I get to see the comments after the show when I'm indexing and sometimes some of the comments to her, I go, I would have never tolerated that. I don't say anything because she's takes care of herself. So good on her. So she's in charge. She's, she's, she's in charge. So, um, yeah, Brian says she's rough and tumble. She is rough and tumble. So there you go. All right. Um, Adrian says he loves position four by far the best in the main Mexico strat. Yeah. I like position four period just on strats, but yeah, the main Mexico ones as well. Um, okay. Uh, LPD pedals. Lawrence says new guitar day for him. A few days ago, his Revstar RSS 20 in vintage white came in finally. Yeah. A lot of people waited a long time for those the the rev the rev guitars by uh, Yamaha and the Spark amps are one of the few reviews I ever did where I did the review and I just didn't really have I think in my uh, a really big grasp of how backlogged those people work so it kind of like always kind of it was tough it always made me feel a little bad because I would do the video and then people would be like I'm just waiting for mine forever but they'd send them out to YouTubers and that's one of the things that's tough and because of those two things, I have adjusted so much to sometimes you guys, Hey, how come you haven't reviewed that yet? And I'm like, well, there's none in stock and I'm not going to do it. Cause it's what happens is, is sometimes you, you make the video and you get people excited. And the next thing you know, the use prices go up and it gets a little crazy and it's just not worth it. Uh, so anyway, so he got it. It's a, he says, Hey, it's a great guitar growing on, on me more and more every day. Yeah. You know what it is? It's, it's a, one of those guitars that punches above its weight. This is the saying I love. Uh, so there you go. Uh, da, 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 da. what else do we got? Um, um Ben, Ben Myers, uh, he says, here's a question I don't know the answer to, but I, I get the question. He says, can you do us all a favor and make the Tonex captures of your amazing amp collection? You know, my amps are not very uh, special. Uh, in other words, like I don't have like I have, you know, a Soldano 30. I mean, they're they're I mean, they're nice amps. I mean, I'm very fortunate to have them. Uh like my Friedman stuff, but they're not like special than different than any other, you know, amps uh to capture. The m- probably most unique amp I have um I'm like looking. Uh seriously is probably the Amplified Nation overdrive reverb. That's the most unique amp that I have and the idea that I feel like like maybe that amp's a little special, I don't know. I mean, it's only special in the idea. I mean, he probably, they all probably sound alike that he makes, but he doesn't make very many of them and they're obviously crazy expensive. Um, so, uh, if I could figure out a way to do that, I, maybe I could do that for you, but I mean, I could tell you right now, if you could find a, 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 a model of, um, you know, my, a Fireball 25. I mean, I don't even have like the big versions. I have the smaller amp versions, um, because the fact that I, I, uh, you know one thing that's cool though is uh, the, uh although not only is do we have somebody running some bunch of stuff for us now which is great and then my wife is doing the instagram the other thing my wife is handling which is really cool is she's actually going through questions that I miss in these shows and she's been putting them and putting them in these uh lists for me to do some pre-recorded uh videos uh, answering some questions that she thinks like, oh, hey, you're missing these. And these are really good questions because there's you know a lot of people here and sometimes it gets crazy. And there was a really interesting question that, she, that I got asked. And it was, why do I like my Princeton so much? And so I have a, I'll have that coming soon. And I'm really excited about that. That I think will be enlightening of why I like it. Because um, when she asked me, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> but now I know the answer. I had to think about it and process it. Um, and now I know the answer. Okay. um, Uh. Okay. Um. Okay. Hold on. Hold on a second. What am I doing? Sometimes when I look like I'm poking around, I'm actually copy pasting questions that I think were cool, but not right now, because I'll, I want to stay on the trend, whatever we're talking about. Um, okay. Um, let's do this one. Okay. This question came from rich who says my main Mexico 69 telecaster thin line bridge pickup sounds like an ice pick. Yeah, that is really common for me when I, when a when a tele pickup is not great, it is ice pick is a perfect sound <laughs> description. It's horrific. Um, it's way too bright. Yep. Any rec- recommendations to replace that, uh, to warm and open, uh, and with some bark. Uh, yeah, especially in the 69 thin line. Uh, I would, there's a couple pickups that I really like. I I really like, um, let me do, uh, I like the the BG, it's called the BG 1400 by Seymour Duncan, which is the Billy Gibbons 1400. It's a stacked humbucker, uh, stacked, it's not a humbucker, it's just a stacked noiseless pickup. Do tons of punch, lots of low end. The quarter pounder also by Seymour Duncan will also in the telly uh, bridge will do exactly what you want. It's going to be, big, and it's going to have bark, and it's going to punch, and it's going to take some of the ice pickiness out. Uh, it won't take all of it out, but it'll take a lot of it out, to the point where you should be happy with that. Um, in the Demarzio round, I don't know if there's any p- specific pickup I like from them for that, other than, like I said, the chopper and some of their double-bladed pickups that are going to be like a P90-esque kind of vibe, which are cool. The... Um, the other one is, uh, Lindy Frailins. I really like Lindy's stuff. Um, the blue set, I have the blue set. I don't have any of the special blues, uh, pickups, uh, the telly behind me in this, uh, uh, seafoam green color is, uh, Lindy Frailins, uh, blue set fantastic set of pickups and believe it or not like i said the mexican made uh, old mexican made telecaster uh bridge pickup is going to have that same bigger warmer tone it's going to kill some of those brights out of there which is great cuz the guitar is creating so much bright uh sound that the pickup is just going to kind of amplify that like the the pickups are really a lot of times uh <laughs> they just accentuate what the guitar sounds like. So if the guitar is very bright, the pickup sometimes can make the guitar sound brighter. If the pickup's really dark, then the pickups will it make it sound a darker darker a lot of times. Um, that's essentially what the pickups are going to do. They're going to they're they're take this, the overall tone of the guitar and just shoot it out there, what the strings are doing. Um, that sounds like a tone would debate. It's not. It's a string debate. It's what the strings are doing. Keep in mind, too, there's another th- fix for you. You could always change strings. That changes a lot of things right there. Change to some pure nickels strings will dampen that a lot. Some of you, probably, I haven't seen the comments, but a lot of people, um, a lot of people can um, probably uh, uh, suggest like changing out capacitors and potentiometers. I don't really suggest that too much. Um, maybe if you go with a better capacitor uh, for your tone control, that that improves things if you want to roll that control tone control back a little bit. But essentially for the most part, Um, it sounds great. (laughs) You know what I mean? The way it is. So just use the, just, just use, I would use change the strings before I would change out any components like that. And I would definitely look at those pickups. I recommend it as some good pickups. And then there's a ton of others, but what's great about the pickups I mentioned is like I said, once you look at those pickups online, you can find their competitors at every price point and just see where you're at. Okay. Uh, you know what I need? I need my other screen. And I have it right here. Okay. Vimps69 says, thanks for all the great stuff you do in the community. Thank you, Vimps, man. That's really, uh, really kind of you say. Uh, Libfay, what's up? He says, hey, do you know of a tremolo system I could put on the Epiphone Casino without drilling a hole or making non-reversible modifications? Thanks. Um, You can, you can use the, uh, what's it called? It's called the something. (laughs) It's called the it's Bigsby. Bigsby makes it. There's a Bigsby vibrato. I don't know. There's a Bigsby vibrato that fits on that system. I don't know why I can't think of what it's called. And it's going to hit me in a second, (laughs) but Bigsby makes a bridge that, that fits on that. The downfall is, is that bridge will fit on there with very few, very little modification, but that bridge is going to be in the $200 range. So that's the problem. And the, re- the real big problem is, of course, is that a lot of the aftermarket bridges that don't mar things are designed to fit on that tailpiece that that guitar doesn't have, the way that that, that guitar is made. So that's a thing. You could also get the uh, the Virtual Jeff, which is electronic. You know, I did a video on that. And uh, that was a really impressive system. It sticks right on there. I know it's digital and it's not probably not what you're looking for, but it's that would definitely do it and it sounds good. I'm still impressed. In fact, not only was I impressed by the virtual Jeff, I was really impressed how well the video did. That was one of the better performing videos of the year. And, uh, especially, and it sold a lot more virtual Jeff units than I thought. Cause again, I'm not really my, when I make content, it's not just my desire or design is not to sell you anything. I don't get anything if they sell a lot. So it's like, it's not like, whoa, they sold a lot. Great. They're rich. (laughs) I mean, I make, right. Um, it's, um, It's just when they sell a lot, I'm more interested in how many people were happy with it because that's how I kind of have a barometer of, okay, how well did I do to explain it or set an expectation because that's really what I pay attention to. So when I see a lot of people happy with it, um, that's really cool, but I'm really concerned. Like when I hear people go, Oh, I got it, but I returned it or I got it and I didn't like it or got it and get rid of it. Uh, because then I'm like, okay, well then it's not that the product isn't good. And I was wrong about the product. It's, did I set the right expectation? Cause that's what the whole point is. Like I said, I, I, I love the term surrogate here. I'm just trying to show you a product that you probably can't put your hands on, maybe help you understand it a little better. So, um, so that's, uh, some suggestions right there. I guess that would, that would get you started. Um, uh, let's see. Mike says, "Hey, I bought a Marshall DSL40 combo for Christmas, and I'm thinking about changing the speaker, Vintage 30 or Creamback. I have played that amp with both those speakers. Both are great. Let me tell you what. Uh, you can't go wrong with either one, but I can tell you what they'll both do. So the Vintage 30 will retain all the low end frequency. so the amp will still have a lot low in, a low end to it. So if you like it when you hit a chord and you want to feel like." You know, like picture two hands pushing against you. That's the way I like to think of that. The this, the Vintage 30 is definitely those two hands pushing against you. Like, whoa, okay, I'm hitting a chord and there's movement here. And uh, the cream back is going to really focus those mids in a beautiful way and make the distortion sound less fizzy-like and more... more crunch-like. And I actually love the tone of the cream back a little bit more than the vintage 30, but I like what the vintage 30 does. So to me, I have all my cabinets, especially right now. I think that's how I'm I'm down to, right? All my cabinets are vintage 30s or cream backs. I think I have one cabinet with a a green back, but I've switched everything over to cream backs, cream backs. And that's how I look at it. Clarity. I love the cream back. Um, the crunch, you know, the distortion doesn't sound like a fizzy, you know, kind of distortion, but more like a crunch. I like crunchy distortion more than fizzy. Uh, I think the cream back. But when I think of like push and air, giving a fullness sound, uh, I like the Vintage 30. Uh, so that's what I would consider is those, uh, one of those. Well, obviously you're looking at those two, but I'm just saying pick one of those two um, with that uh, in mind. Do you want to sound fuller or do you want to sound cleaner and crisper? So that's the way I would kind of explain that. It's very generic and I kind of feel like it's hard to do on a talk show kind of thing format to explain those. Maybe, maybe, is that a video? Is that, I mean, there's got to be tons of those videos out there where somebody just puts a cabinet with a V30 and a, and a cream back and ABs them. Um, I'm pretty sure I have identical cabinets with one of each. So that's a video I could do. I just don't know if that would be interesting. Like I said, I don't care if it gets views. I just want to know if it's interesting. Let me know if it's interesting. Um, but, uh, but yeah. I like I and I like the cream back, I think a little bit more than the V30, but I still love V30s. There's just something about them. So. Okay. Um da, 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 da. Oh, every note count says, "Hey, would Archon 50 sound head okay with Celestion GT25M creambacks?" Well, we're on the creamback kick today. In my current camp, uh cab Or buy an Archon cab with the Selection V-Type. I don't like the Fizzy high gain. I don't like the Selection V-Type as much as the Creamback. The Archon, to me, I've ran the Archon through every kind of cabinet or speaker. And for that amp, because it does have a lot of fizz, uh, I kind of like the V30 over the Creamback in that amp. But uh, the Creamback sounds fantastic, too. So, again... um, you, so the uh, the question you asked is, would it sound okay with the cream back? Yes. The 65 cream back. Yeah. It sounds great. Um, or the, or the, uh, the selection V30, the selection V type for some reason is just not a speaker. I love, I don't know what it is. It's probably pretty close to the vintage 30, but I don't know what it is. I don't like it. Every time I hear it, it's not bad. I just don't prefer it obviously. Cause that's not what is in my cabinets. So I have been playing V30s, uh, for so long that I love them. And then I always liked a little, every once in a while, I like to run a green back. And then over time, I just use the greenback back a little bit more and more. Uh, kind of kind says, Hey, Phil finally got a Sire L7. Love it for fun. What design and material would the fret inlays be on your ideal dream custom guitar? Well, I've, I own a couple custom guitars and I can tell you, honestly, Uh, looking at some of them, the materials are always just plastic. Um, Even on my crazy Warwick uh, streamer that I had custom made... that's most, it's my most, it's my most ridiculously priced instrument by far. There's, there's, if I have one instrument, that's just like, uh, I can honestly say two things. One, it's a crazy price point. And two, it would have never existed if I didn't have this YouTube gig, you know, where I was talking to the company and they were willing to give me artist pricing. Um, that's just something that just, I would have never justified. Um, and the funniest thing about it is I I just had put, I, it might be fake mother of pearl. I don't know what they hadn't put in there. It's just dots. (laughs) And even they were like, (laughs) so um the the, the, sometimes where i'm horrible to ask these questions is um i've had some companies over the years when they're like hey let's do a custom guitar for the channel you know and do something exciting and and show off our work and i go okay and a lot of times i'll start dreaming up something and they're like well why don't you go with like a 5a quilt top I'm like why don't you go with this exotic nah you know it's not my thing like i said i'm more i mean if you look at most my guitars like i said they're painted or they're just basic wood i'm not really uh you know, I'm not really into what I call the furniture guitars. You know, exotic woods, exotic uh, inlays, and stuff like that. I love them when I see them, but it's not my. I think it's just not my personality, right? I'm more of a, you know, I'm more of a beer and a pickup truck person than I am a, you know, a Mercedes and a, you know, fine wine. Even though I like wine, I don't know what to say. I'm just. So uh, inlay materials don't really matter to me. As I've said, I think I got a lot of flack for a couple of times for saying how much I like the, the Paul Reed Smith plastic inlay birds better, better than the real exotic birds. And I absolutely do. I I, I would have put the plastic inlay per, it, and all my PRSs, if I had them made, I would have done plastic birds. I wouldn't have cared. All right. Uh, Grumpy Mike Guitar. Uh, for the tone jar, and why not? Would you consider the neck on the get- Ibanez Geo to be okay for folks who like chunky necks or is it too thin? Cheers. I give the measurements on that neck and I will tell you on the measurements, uh, I no, that neck is definitely on the thinner side of a Fender Strat. So like I said, when I do, that's why I use those molding plates um, for shaping the back of necks. It's because I've seen so many people over the years, explain the back of a neck to somebody. They'll go, this is a C shape. This is a U shape. This is a D shape. And then they'll use like some kind of contouring thing. And they go, here's the contour. And what I find is the best thing I can do for that I've learned to do is comparative. In other words, this neck feels like, and here's a little secret for you guys know. That's something that companies can't do. Well, let's time out for a second. Most, they can't, they won't do it. Let's start with the won't. They won't. But in a lot of cases, they can't even if they wanted to. What I mean by that is I've had this conversation with companies for years about this. It, it, when I say, oh, this neck feels like a, uh, a standard Fender Mexican Strat neck, a lot of you are going to go, oh, I'm familiar with that neck. <laughs> OK, because you've you either owned a Mexican Strat, made Mexico Strat, or you've picked one up at a guitar center. You, I mean, there's very hard to find a guitar player with any length of experience that hasn't experienced that particular standard neck but a company is not allowed. I mean, that's a trademark name. And also you don't want to bring up the other companies. So they, a lot of times they don't say that they go through long, lo- whole long <laughs> tirades about like, well, this neck is this and this and this. And they say all these weird things that don't mean anything. So when I started, uh, Doing the neck contours, one of the things I did is like, oh hey, I have these jigs that help me shape necks when I'm I'm shaping necks, and uh, from Stu Mac, and I said, why don't I use them and then see how close they are. Like this is like a 59 but thinner. That that's something familiar. People have heard that or felt that. This is like a V neck but not as V. This is like a a C neck but you know with less shoulders. Um, So there's just different ways to think it. So to answer your question on that as Geo that I recently reviewed that neck is not thin by any means, but it would be, if you like chunky necks, it would not be your neck. It's just, it's, it is in the sweet spot. It's not super thin by, by no means would a shredder consider that a shredder neck. And by no means would a person who likes chunky necks consider that chunky neck. I'll stick with what I said. It really feels like a, a sixties fender neck, just more C, C shaped. Like in other words, it's just the way the the way it feels. Um, So if you, if you, if you dig that, you'll dig it. I will tell you like back to the Mexican standard strat neck. If you played a Mexican standard strat neck and you liked it, this is not going to feel too different, probably a little thinner, but that's about it. Same shape, just a little thinner. I can almost say I probably picked up a Mexican neck once or twice in my life where somebody was aggressive at the factory with the sandpaper and it felt almost dead on. Um... Uh, let's see. All right. Hold on a second. I'm just reading stuff real quick. Okay. All right. It's all over the place. (laughs) All right, let me get back to. Uh, all right, let's get back to the questions. Um. Uh, we have. Uh, hiding reality says, "Hey Phil, new guitar day. Bought a Black uh, Friday Schecter Sun Valley Super Shredder. Uh, we're smiling. The Super Shredder. I I never reviewed that guitar, but I reviewed the sustainiac system in that guitar, uh, which is great." Fantastic guitar! It has the has everything I love. It has a Charvel vibe. It has a little bit of the Ibanez vibe. The neck feels great. Um, so I do have a video of that guitar. If you're ever curious because you just got one and what you know what I thought of the guitar and stuff, you just have to look up my sustainiac video. Um, and um, the reason why that was done that way was that was a American Musical Supply asked me if I was interested. And back when they used to ask me to do videos, I I have a feeling, I don't know, but I have a feeling they probably don't ask me to do videos because maybe I, cause I do too many Sweetwater videos now. I've never understood this. So, you know, I don't have any, like, I'm not connected to any of these brands. They don't pay me any kind of salary or anything. I'm not sponsored by them. There's no exclusive deals. In fact, there's no paperwork whatsoever with any company. I have no legal documentation with anybody for any reason. I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, talk about what I want, however I feel, whatever I feel. Um, and, uh, but I've learned over the years, like if, uh, if I talk about Sweetwater, then maybe guitar center won't talk to me. And if I talk about, uh, this guitar brand, then this other guitar brand won't talk to you. It's very strange to me <laughs> since it's a guitar channel. You think it, we just talk about every brand and all the things, right? All guitars, all the time. So, um, anyways, I, AMS asked me to do a video and I said, Hey, I would like to do a video on the Sustainiac. And they sent that guitar out. And I, that's the guitar I used for the Sustainiac. It was really cool. So now, you know, and okay, hold on. I'm missing. I'm missing. A... I had a question and I missed. I oh, moved. Okay, here it is. It's back. All right. Aaron Adams says no question this week. No question. But no, he said he didn't say but. Just want to let you know. I really want to thank you for taking the time, putting yourself out there for us. Thank you. Uh, you know, this first time he's ever put like that. Yeah, I put you out you did get a little punched, man. It's a social media thing. You get, they like the punching. But uh, no, man, this is what I love. This is what you love. This is what we all love. We like talking guitars and music. And uh, it's awesome. It's a, I mean, I, I have a friend who's a pilot and I said, his being a pilot, cool. And he says, eh, if you have to have a job, this one doesn't suck. I always love that saying. If you have to have a job, this one doesn't suck. That's what I got to say about this. <laughs> Uh, Rafi says, Hey, on my custom classic, uh, vibe, 60 strat, the vintage style tuners feel tight. Can you recommend a way to improve the feel or is it better to just replace? So, um, let's, let's verify what tuners. So some tuners have a way of adjusting them. Cause there's a screw at the end. These vintage styles should not, they should be solid at the end. I just want to see them. And to verify that, because I need to see something more recent. Some, the problem is, is that sometimes, you know, you haven't touched a guitar. I haven't touched a guitar and like this, I haven't touched this model in, you know, a year or two. So the thing I'm going to tell you is in the, there's, there is a, why can't I have a picture of this? No one has a picture of this? Just one, one picture. (laughs) I just need a picture there. Nope. Here's one. Maybe to share with you guys. Okay. I just thought, that let's share with this. Okay. So here's the guitar he's talking about. What I can tell you is you see these little holes right here. I know I'm not using the biggest picture right here. There's no way to, can I drag and zoom? No, nope. I've already drag and zoomed all I can. Anyways, you see these little holes right here it would be really nice if I had my pointer back. Okay. Um, there's little holes. Those holes are for lubricant. So you can uh, just Google how to lubricate vintage tuner keys and you can put a little grease in there. Maybe that's what's going on with those. That would probably do it. Um, here, here's the thing. Whoops. Let me go back. Go this. I'm clicking the wrong screens. Uh, that's what I would suggest to do is lubricate them. Or like I said, you can replace them, but I, I I wouldn't replace stuff. Like I said, try to fix it first. It's going to save you money and time if you can do that. So Uh Okay. Hold on a second. I'm just jumping around I'm looking to see what you got. I apologize. Let's see. Uh, Adrian R says, Hey, Phil, I experienced some slightly high action in the first few frets of my telly. How would you know if the slots are cut too shallow? Well, almost all my deep dive videos, I, I dress that. That's why I dress that on the nut slots, all the different ways. And if you notice, I don't, that's on purpose. Uh, sometimes I'll do it with my gauge that I made. Sometimes I do it with my finger. Sometimes I do it with, uh, you know, something else like a gap gauge. There's a reason why I do it every time because I want you to have experiences. There. There's more ways to do something than once. That was the whole idea of those, of, of doing those in those videos was that if somebody accidentally watched 10 of those, they would probably see at least eight different ways to do the same thing. And that one of those ways might click with them or resonate with them or make sense to you. So Adrian, in your case, uh, there's a good way to do that. You can use a gap gauge to check your string action. You can use your finger. That's exactly, you know, right. Using your, the finger where I have you pressed on the third fret and then use your first finger to check the height of that. Um, I have a, 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 a fret wire gauge that I use because I want to be fast and I want it to be good. And, um, but essentially it's a very easy thing to check to see if the slots are cut correctly. But uh, pick any one of the last like 15 deep dive videos I did and go to the geeky section and it'll walk you through exactly what I'm looking at when I'm looking at that stuff. Um, Derek says, hey, I'm Jones in for iconic Marshall tone. I think the DSL-40 isn't doing it. Yeah, I mean, the DSL-40 is kind of more, to me, is the more modern Marshall tone. I am am I wrong? Uh, lusting for a he- head for twelve. Can you compare the JTM-45 to the Plex ESL reissue versus the 1987, 1987, 1987X? Should I be looking for a Freeman instead? Look, I had a 1970, 1987, 1987, 1987X. I had all those. The JTM-45, I had the Plex ESL. I had every, every Marshall. I've had them all at this point. Um they're all amazing they're all too damn loud. I couldn't get any of them work. I have uh, what works for me is I have the I can't even get the studio vintage. It's just too loud. It's obnoxious. I have it downstairs. It's actually in my garage uh, in the shop section of the garage. Uh, cause I'm, uh, getting ready to take pictures of it to get rid of it. I'm selling it. I just can't, I can't get it to sound good. It, you click it down to five Watts. It's just obnoxious for practice volume. Obviously it's just, it's not going to let me practice with it. And, and, and the problem is if I'm going to play with a drummer or something, that's not the amp I grab. So it doesn't do any good. Um, that being said, the, the 1987 X was just, I had the 50 watt, uh, and a hundred watt, uh, and they're just obnoxious again, obnoxious. Um, so, um, uh, what what I like the Freedman's that's where I landed Friedman's. it's Friedman's for me are they they're like modded Marshalls? they're not the Marshall sound but uh, they're so good I, I just can't so the problem with the question is I could recommend some great Marshall sounds like obviously the pedal pal pedal that they make I think is good enough you plug into that and plug into an amp and you're going to get Marshall tone all day long they don't have there's so many great Marshall in a box pedals like obviously Lawrence makes a bunch that to me are like the Freemans and the idea that they have the modded Marshall vibe. So if you're looking for the modded Marshall vibe, which you most of us are, but for me sometimes you just want like kind of what you're talking about that kind of classic iconic Marshall, the actual Marshall tone, not the modded up Marshall tone. And that's where I like the pedal pal pedals. That's where I like um, the uh, what is it? What's the amp I use all the time? I can't nineteen something. The reason it doesn't matter is because they don't make it anymore. And now they're off the, they're too crazy priced for use. So, um, but like I said, you can always get, you can always look at this, the Marshall Studio stuff, but I I would expect to have to run something through it. It's just really loud or run it through attenuation. So. Um, (laughs) Lambert 17 says, I wish Freeman would drop the pornographic name schemes. Yeah. I mean, the only thing is, like I said, I don't, I don't own those amps. I have the small box and the, uh, twin sister, which obviously, but I, 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 like I said, I I've already said this on a show once that I thought the names were stupid. I think he thinks the names are stupid too. I, I, I don't think he's like not aware of it that, you know, those names are kind of, you know, silly. Um, but Unfortunately, they, they sound amazing. Just amazing. Okay. Hold on a second. Uh, let's see. Uh, Clyde, Clyde says, hey, love the show. Any chance you would let Lyle from Sonic Audio... I'm pretty sure I'm saying it right. Still, I know if I'm still saying it wrong, let me know. I, I you know, what? I even watched a bunch of episodes recently to see if he was saying the name, and he wasn't saying the name. I wasn't catching it. Uh, so, anyway, Psionic Audio, which is a channel I recommended last week, who does amp repairs, amazing stuff. He says, uh, "Would you let him on KYG?" He's uh, in. If you are, uh, you're in my two favorite channels. I, I guess I, you know, what it is. I, I don't, I don't know what we would do together. I'd actually, if we ever did anything together. I would actually like to do something like educational. Uh that would be what I would think would make sense. Um, because like I said, he's an amp guy and you know, there might be something interesting there where I could, you know, maybe have him look at an amp and we could share that his perspective on that and stuff. That's the that's the thing about that. But like I mean, we could sit and do a QA. I do the I've had uh people guest on the QA show, this show, but they it never goes well. <laughs> not because not of them, just that you guys don't seem to engage with it. And uh, it drops the numbers to heck, which is fine, except for the fact that it's like I get comments all week going, what? why didn't you just do the regular show by yourself? So I've kind of a, like I've likened to be by myself on the show. If I do a uh, an interview show, I'll do it on the second channel. Um, but... Uh but that would have to be in February. Cause like I said, I have a lot of things this month and next month coming out, but yeah, I, obviously I would love to do some collaboration with them. I might try and reach out to them and do something like that. The big thing too, is also is this is one of the things that I get a lot of, like a lot of you guys are great and you'll send me messages and you'll say, Hey, I have this great idea. You could do a video about this and do about this right now. Um, I don't handle the companies, you know, the company requests anymore. Thank God. And, uh, we're quoting, uh, what are we quoting? We're not in June, are we? We might be in May. So right now, if somebody asks to do something, with, you know, for the on this channel, we're May because I'm, I have all the content planned out till that far. So that's the killer. It's gonna get. It's just getting worse and worse and worse. Um, is how it goes. It was a lot easier back in the day where I didn't really commit to as much stuff. I might go back to that one day. I think that was a lot easier. <laughs> to just do i'll just pull it out of my ass each week but now it's all planned out months in advance um ben says hey i bought two acoustic guitars uh tanglewood and baton rouge for cheap because each have a dye grain crack on the front dry grain crack not die. dry grain crack on say that fast dry grain crack a dry grain crack right a crack front on the on uh because it dried out uh on the front Play great, sound great, but as kick around, fun guitars. So fix glue them or just uh, play them. Um, I would I would fix them. You could cleat them for sure. You could, there's a there's the right way to do that. But again, if they're inexpensive, you may just want to use glue. I would glue them. Um, and the reason why is because the situation will get worse. They'll continue to get worse. The bigger problem. Here's what I would recommend to you. Let's let's not let's not worry about fixing the crack. Let's figure out where the crack came from. Because one of the concerns that I have, if I see a guitar that's about to crack or has cracked on the front of an acoustic, the first thing you want to do is get a mirror and look inside the, the guitar. If you don't have a little mirror, like I have a little you know, a, an inspection mirror, like a mechanics app. If you don't have something like that, you can use your cell phone. You know, you're know, you gonna have to op- you know, loosen the strings and open them out of the way or take them off altogether. Stick your cell phone in there, kind of film a little bit in there so you can see. Either way, you need to get in there and look. And what you wanna look for is the bracing on the top of the guitar, so the bracing. And the reason is, is because if there's a crack in the guitar, there's a good chance that there's a bracing a piece of bracing not connected to the top anymore. It breaks free, right? Um, Because that's part of the problem. And if that's done, if that's done, that's going to continue. Think about that structurally. That structurally is keeping that top from cracking. And of course, it's going to continue to crack. So I would say you want to glue it, but you also want to maybe glue that brace. Now, there are like guys like me have tons of cool jigs and cool things to where I can glue braces like on the fly. In fact, if you watch any of my videos where you see my tools behind me, you see these 2 C clamps. I have a bunch of them. Just all these wacky clamps. Anybody who repairs guitars has tons of these clamps um that they've either made or they've bought. I have both. Ones I've made up and some I bought from off obviously Mac and places like that. And it makes it my life easy. If you don't have those things, doesn't matter, man. It's easy to do. You know, you can use anything um you can um, fill up a balloon, <laughs> put some glue in there, stick a balloon in there, inflate it up, right? Anything like that. But you definitely want to get those braces glued back on and get that glued. The guitar will last forever. Who cares about how it looks? It will just last forever. But it will get worse if you don't fix it. So uh, let's see. Hold on. I feel like I'm missing tons of questions. All right, let's go back. Okay. Sean says, what do you think of Sierra tone amps? Uh, they they have about a year waiting list. I'm thinking about pulling the trigger on one. I've never tried one. In fact, I never heard of them until all of a sudden a bunch of people like on here on the channel just said, hey, I got one or hey, I'm looking at one. I don't know anything about them at all. Um, They don't, they, you know, they weren't on my radar anyway. I think somebody mentioned them here a couple times and I think I went on the internet and looked at a couple things, but I didn't really investigate very much. I think it's because there's no like clear... I couldn't find a clear define like where do I get one? Can I buy one from a dealer? You know how do you get one? You know that stuff gets a little confusing. So I don't know, but I've heard good things. I mean, I hear good things. <laughs> Curtis C says, "I'm curious why you would wouldn't have ordered a new custom order base from Valiant Guitars instead of Kiesel." So. I guess the question, right. The question is I did, I did order a, a base from Valiant. I have not received it yet. Uh, and I did one from Kiesel as well. Uh, so if you guys recall, we did a limited run, uh, know your gear, uh, 27 inch scale base. That's a different animal than what the 30, 32s that I normally play are, which is why I thought it'd be a cool collab to do with them. Every time I do a collaboration with a company for a limited edition product, it's always to do something a little cool, a little different, a little interesting. And that was the base. Um, if you guys recall, uh, I think, I think we sold 30 something of them of the limited edition bases. I think that's where it ended. I don't really know totally because obviously towards the end, you know, Valiant took care of that. So I never really got like, I don't really know. I remember them saying 30 ish. So total. And that's including the ones that that pass through to the patrons. And then of course, the ones that I had a little bit of for you guys. Um, when that was done, I had ordered one as well. Um, but it hasn't been finished, so I don't have it. (laughs) So, uh, that's why now while, um, while I was doing that, what I was trying to do, that's a different, like I said, that's a different animal. In other words, I'm not going to gig, uh, with the 27 inch. I would play it at home. I would play it, uh, record with it. I would do all kinds of cool stuff with it. It's a really cool thing, but it's not necessarily the base I would gig with. What I was trying to do, I ordered a custom Kiesel because I was, uh, kind of like, Hey, I'm kind of, I've kind of, like I said, burnt out on trying to take the Warwick places. It's very expensive. And I just don't ever feel at ease carrying this base around that costs so much. And it's not something I can ever replace again. It just costs too much money. And I don't even know what they cost now with inflation, but I'm sure it's ridiculous. It's a master built. It's not a custom built. It's a master built Warwick uh, in a, in a, I don't even think they have a SKU for it. I think it's actually, my name is the SKU. So like, if you ever wanted that base from work, you have to actually, I think they pull up Phil McKnight and then I'm the SKU number for that base because <laughs> it's so unique to what I specified when I had him do that. Again, it was uh once in a lifetime opt- opportunity. I was in Germany. I was there. I was at a YouTuber event. They were willing to do it. And if you guys recall, let's, let's see if the diehards will know the story. It was Pete Thorne and I both ordered a base that day. So Pete Thorne got his and I got mine. He didn't go as crazy with his, with his. he's, he ordered like a basic, uh, I mean, I think his is a master belt too, but either ways it was more of a basic design. Like, Hey, I just want these specs where mine was like, I went crazy with some stuff. And, um, um, it might even has a special preamp in it. It's totally different. Like I said, everything about that base is wacky and different. But uh, I, And I'm also afraid, like I said, I'm afraid to lose it. I'm afraid it gets stolen. I'm afraid it will disappear. I'm afraid it will get damaged. Uh, I think I've already dented it a couple of times because like I said, I was gigging with it. <laughs> and uh, I was like, okay, I want something that's not so like, wow, this is the only one and there's no backups for it. That's why I did that. But the Valiant base, uh, eventually I'll, I'll get one of the 27-inch scale bases as well at some point. Yeah, Matt says it's Pete's Red Warwick from GuitarCon One. Yep, that's exactly that's exactly what it's from. It's from that 2017. October. I want to say it was October of 2017. is when we did that. So uh, Dougal Dog says, Hey, good day. Uh Phil, interesting uh, point you made about the old made Mexico. Pickups inductance. Could you please expand on uh, about induction and the influence it has on tone? There's a lot of factors that go into a pickup. The easiest factor to talk about, which is why people who are really into pickups hate it when people talk about this, is resistance. Right? More wire means more resistance. More wire can mean more output. (laughs) Right? Um, And therefore will say things like, oh, this pickup's hot and it's 13K in, in, in reference to its uh, resistance or it's 17K in order of its resistance. Um, or in the case of a PAF, it's 8K or 7K, right? Uh, a, Fender, a vintage Strat could be 4 or 5K, right? In resistance. However, resistance doesn't always equate or doesn't really equate to the output of the pickup. There's a lot of things factored in there, but generally speaking, which is where sometimes that's the best way to speak on the internet. (laughs) Uh, Because again, you're just trying to get somebody to understand a concept, which is, hey, that they have a, uh, let's say if you have a PAF pickup in your your guitar and you think it doesn't have, your amp's not distorting enough, you're not getting enough power and it's 7 you know 5k or 7.8k and we say hey let why don't you try something like a, a Seymour Duncan JB and that could be you know i think what the 13k they could be 17k but i mean they're up there so you're like oh okay that's more output that's a bigger that's that's a bigger sound more distortion and so that's very general talk it's not going to really get you the whole story all it's going to get you is exactly what i said like hey do that um another factor we look at is inductance which is basically I want to say to keep it easy, the magnetic, magnetic energy. Right. And that's, and that's important too. Right. Um, and, and there's another test too. We can just <laughs> like ch- test it for the Gauss. How much, how much is that? And Ga- Gauss is probably even more accurate to that statement. But when I, when I'm giving specs on the videos, I'm, if you notice, I really go to the resistance and the inductance. And it's because those two things tend to, uh, I just got a alert on my phone. It says, I have an appointment but it's tomorrow. Um the uh the inductance and the resistance are just two things to give you a concept. A lot of times you can have a pickup with a lower amount of resistance but more inductance and you and you can have a pickup that has a lot of a uh, lot of resistance but not a lot of inductance. And that's why I'm just mentioning is that those pickups don't seem to have a lot of resistance, but they really punch uh, really heavy. What I've learned is you can physically sometimes laugh because you'll, you'll plug a pickup into an amp, just going clean. Let's not even talk about distortion, strum a chord, plug another guitar in with a different pickup and the guitar is louder. I don't mean just more distorted. I mean, it's physically louder. You can, you can feel that it's louder and uh, sometimes that has not, it's not the resistance. That's the inductance that's doing that. That's why the, the problem with pickups is they're very easy to make, but they're so easy to manipulate change <laughs> that and when somebody says, oh, it's just, just wire wrapped around magnets. You're like, yeah, in the core of it, that's what it is. And if that's all you want, you can get something to work. Like I can, you can wrap some wire around a magnet and it's literally going to make a, you're going to hear sound, but there's so many little things you can do to pickups that it gets insane. So Resistance is futile. The the Borg. Nice. Um, The okay. A lot of you guys. I'm just talking, reading some of your comments. I will tell you, and I've said this before. When it comes to pickups. There's a lot of stuff that is going to fall in line and their stuff is not going to fall in line. Like most, I think if I recall Kiesel, their pickups, a lot of them are like 32K. And right now you guys are going to go, what? That's crazy. That's good. And I'm like, but it's not, the pickups don't sound the way you think. Because again, there's, uh, the, the resistance is also changed by the type of wire, whether if they use a 42 gauge or a 43 gauge or a 44 gauge, um, that changes it. I mean, there's a ton of stuff. How loose it was wound, how tight it was wound. I mean, there's so many things that go into this. It gets nightmarish. You really don't understand, in my opinion, if you really want to understand pickups, the sad thing is I've, over the years, I've, I've kind of devoted myself to try to better understand this thing that's making the sound. And as you guys know, if you see most of my videos, you see I have rows and rows of pickups because I have, you know, just collected so many different models over the years. The one thing I learned, the fastest, the most I learned, the fastest I learned about pickups was trying to make them. And here's why. Not because of any other reason than it wasn't about learning the concept of making them. It was how do you keep, how do you make them consistent? And that's what you realize when you go to the the big, the big companies that make pickups. Making consistent pickups is the nightmare. That's what everybody has trouble with. It's really the biggest problem is how do you keep it consistent? So... Um, and then somebody said, uh, Lisa says, Hey, a video comparing resistance and inductance would be cool. I agree. And that's kind of why I'm starting to try to build this catalog of, of the deep dive videos, because I think the biggest thing that you'll learn, uh, watching all those videos is, which is why now we're doing the the fret height. And soon we're going to do next video. I think is fret height and width. And we'll start doing that is that I think the story is a lot easier to people understand if you have something, right? You go, Oh, I have this thing. This is how it sounds. He's he's reviewing a thing and he's saying these are the numbers. Those numbers may not mean anything to you, except for if they're you know, if you hear something like, Oh, that here that sounds brighter than mine, and he's saying it's brighter because of these things, it helps kind of tell the story. So Okay. Um what else? Okay, more questions i I'm getting backed up. Um, this is from, I see everything twice. This says, Hey Phil, I recently got a, uh, a bad cat cub 40 and now I have created a problem. I'm curious. How do you think the black cat clean sound compares? They're totally different ampl- amplifiers, totally different, uh, things. And that's, and I don't know if you have the new cub. Well, you don't, you have the cub 40, So You have the older one versus the new cub. So they're different animals. Uh, the cub is brighter, cleaner, shinier, more like a Vox. The black cat is more like a Fender. That's kind of the thing. It's a horrible thing to say because I don't think the black cat sounds like a Fender. But I mean, you know, as a verbal description, I would say you have Vox and the black cat would be Fender. So that's something I would think about. Um, what I would tell you is this. I'll tell you what I told John, the owner of Bad Cats when I was playing them. I prefer the black cat in every way. However, if I was on stage, I would not want to be on stage with the black cat if somebody had the cub because I think the cub will cut through the mix. Cause again, it's got all that chimey high end and, and beautiful mids and it cuts. So there you go. Let me go. Ta-da. I think we're let's do that. Okay. Uh, now we have, what do we have? We have uh, Shane who says, Hey, uh, I will be in Tempe December sixteenth, twenty first. Would love to buy you a drink. Please look for my email sent to you regarding this, Shane. The problem, Shane, is the December whole December month of December. So I have a crazy schedule for December and and uh, January, and for the for for the feedback on that or the information on that. That has nothing to do with the holidays. Has nothing to do with any of that stuff. It's just all of my projects are kind of coming in levels. The first one's going to be in December then there's one in January there's one in February when I say projects you'll see these like n- announcements are coming these things I've been working on one thing I was lo- working on for two years one thing I've been working on all this year this whole year and one thing I've been working on for about a couple months so either way these things roll out each time and so we have a deadline to get all this stuff done um, I have a um I have a Christmas dinner to go to this year and we with for the family and we haven't even set the date for that because I can't commit. So that's the biggest problem. You have me at the worst time and again it's not a holiday thing. It's literally just because this is just how everything lined up. I had no choice. I have no no control. I feel like right now I have no control over my life. Everything I get up and do every day is because of of this is done now. So it's now it's my turn. It's like, think of it like, uh, I get, I don't want to say hot potato, but that's what my life feels like right now is like, I'm doing something and then I send it back to, or has something else has to be done and then they're done and they send it back to me. And then once they have it back to me, it's my time to work again. Uh, but I will let you know. Steve says, Hey, new use guitar day, Kiesel Delos HSS, no spec sheet. Can Kiesel help with that? Also, where would you look, uh, for the serial number? Um, I don't remember where the serial number is for a Kiesel. Is it, is it stamped into the fretboard or something like that? I can't remember. I don't know if they keep archive stuff. They don't really give you a lot of information. Um, think about this. There's no, you get a printout when you get the guitar. I've ordered a couple. So you get a printout, but there's no like official card or anything. It's just a uh, just that sheet. Um, you could try and call Kiesel and see if they have the information. I, I, here's where it's tough. Um, sometimes if you have a PRS, you can call PRS and get information. Sometimes Gibson, uh, Fender's hit and miss too. Cause again, you have to, if the product was sold by the new Fender versus old Fender, they have different, you know, information. I would say call customer service at Kiesel and ask. I mean, they might have the information. That's the, that's the, that's the deal when you have similar custom guitars. I mean, it's all over the place in so many specs. Um, that's why it's important to keep those sheets. So I don't even think I have my sheets to my Kiesels. <laughs> I think I tossed them because I don't have any intention to get rid of them anytime. Uh, If you notice, I've been playing them. I I mean, I was really diligent about what I wanted. So, uh, um, and I had the, I had the luxury of, like I said, I've I've done enough guitars over the years to know exactly what I was looking for and what I wanted when I ordered mine, which is not something, uh, in other words, I made all my mistakes about 10 years ago (laughs) or 20 years ago. And uh, when it comes to this, that kind of stuff and I I was able to deal it well well. Uh Chris says my Kiesel bass has a serial number stamped into the fretboard on the 24th fret. That's what I recall too. It's stamped on the fretboard on the last fret. That's what I remember. So Okay. Hold on a second. I'm just looking for any other comments and questions. Let me refresh that. Now it's not working. (laughs) Okay. Um, Hold on a second. I don't understand the. I'm reading a couple of questions and I don't really understand them. Uh, Cyrus K says, I think I understand what the problem is. Uh, I, I understand the. I, I think I understand the word he's uh, missing. How many pleck jobs do you have to do before the machine is paid off? They will never be paid off. The pleck business model changed. So originally, the pleck business model was you buy this machine, and you know, now you have this machine that can do a job. And you got to understand the whole Plex job isn't, (coughs) excuse me. Let me adjust here. Okay. The whole Plex machine thing is the same thing as a CNC machine in concept. Okay. In other words, a CNC machine, yeah, could it do a better job than a person? Sure. We could argue that. I mean, it's a good argument, but that wasn't the whole point. The point of a CNC machine was it does the same job as a person consistently without as much Uh, without a bad day, it just does, every day is the same day. It doesn't have a bad day. It doesn't have a good day. It's also safer, right? Because the CNC machine doesn't cut its finger off and it doesn't hurt itself. And, that's kind of the idea. The Pluck machine is the same concept. It's not like it ever said, hey, no human can make a guitar setup as good as a Pluck machine. That's not the argument. In fact, there's a lot of uh human work that has to be done to the guitar after the Pluck machine is done. So it's not about saying, and in my opinion, it's not about saying that the Pluck machine does a better job. It's about, hey, this is consistent. It can consistently set up guitars one after another, after another. Now, here's the problem with that. I think, uh, and this is that's absolutely true what I just said. Now, let me tell you what I think happened. Uh, as someone who went to all these factories, and all these factories have them, and they've all said the same story to me, so it kind of makes sense. Which is, th- Pleck essentially thought—I guess they thought everybody was going to buy a Pleck machine. Well, Fender doesn't use a Pleck machine for the most part. Uh, they might have one in the custom shop, but I don't—I don't—I don't remember seeing one. Um, so Fender doesn't use a Pleck machine. That's a big company not to use one. There's a lot of companies that don't use Pleck machines, um, and because of that, uh, you know, Pleck thought—I guess. That they were gonna sell a Plex machine, like CNC machines. Think about this every factory has a CNC machine. I mean, rows of them. And even small shops have a CNC machine, right? So, uh, you know, I'm sure they were like, hey, everybody's gonna buy a CNC machine. Plex was kind of like the same, thinking the same thing everybody's gonna buy this machine. When they started selling them, it, it you know, people, dealers were, or not dealers, uh, manufacturers were buying them. But what happened was they realized like there's a point where there's just not an infinity of sales for those things. So Plex kind of adjusted its business model to now it's more of a support business model. So now you pay for a service of the Plex. So you never pay it off. In fact, that's why so many companies uh, like uh, uh, Sweetwater and I think Sam Ash has one in their Hollywood store started trying to promote them because you know it's this expense. It's not like a one-time expense and if they don't use it, it's over. It's just got a yearly expense because you need this thing to contact them overseas and and do all of its stuff. So it's it's a it's never paid off. is basically what I'm trying to say. You have you have a support system. It's like so many things in life now, right? Um, you know, I remember like I bought an app for my phone. Uh, it's an art app and it lets me adjust and do things to pictures and I paid 2.99 for it. And I had it for like four years. And then one day it says, oh, now it's a yearly membership. <laughs> Cause I'm sure they tapped out and they're like, hey, no, this isn't gonna work. We gotta, we gotta do a yearly membership. So many things now are yearly memberships um, where you just gotta pay for the service. And that's a plex no different. So you buy the hardware and then you're constantly paying for the service for the rest of your life. So you never paid off. Uh, yeah. So that's the answer to that question. You're, ne- you're never, you're, it's never paid off. Uh, Shane the 14 says, Fender doesn't need a Plex machine because it says Fender and a bunch of sheep will gladly overpay for it, even if it's inferior. Um, well, I don't agree with the sheep part. Here's why I don't. Uh, I get what you're saying. Look, there's this whole like fanboy thing that they can, you know, I get where you're going with this statement. So I just want to clarify that where I agree and disagree. There's not like a, I don't know. There's always this implication that if somebody doesn't buy the best quality, they're stupid. And the reality is, is look, sometimes everything in your life is not about quality. I, I'm just making an argument for both sides. Cause I do agree with you on one part. So we'll, I'll talk about the disagreement and we'll talk about the agreement here's the disagreement. Not everything has got to be about quality. Not everything's got to be about the best. Sometimes it's just about the way it feels, you know, the way it looks, the way it makes you feel. This music is an emotional thing. This, I've said this before, where I disconnect with most of my audience, and I I mean no disrespect, but it is the majority, it seems like, of the audience. And when I say the audience, I don't mean particularly, I'm not picking on you guys. I'm picking on, you know, the hundreds of millions of views I got on this channel, uh, is this. Uh, I don't always, I'm not always in my practical mind when it comes to music and this gear and this stuff, this, they're not, they're not sound decisions that I'm like, Oh, you know, when somebody says, there's no reason a guitar should cost more than 300 bucks. Well, there is, if I want it, that's enough reason for me. I just want it. And I'm not here to just, just decide. Uh, you know that it's the best thing ever. Sometimes I just want it. And I, I've, I've, I, uh, I'm, I'm working on that Parker video, and in there, I'm going to probably do a after the Parker knife fly. Probably do a Parker fly video, and in there, I explain in the video that the reason I love Parker flies is because Dave Navarro and Adrian Ballou. That's it. All the things that you could say that argue to make a Parker great guitar, those are relevant to me <laughs> as a as a guitar person who's repaired guitars for a long time. Eh, you know, is there things that I think is cool? Is there things I think is crazy? Yeah, of course, right? But ultimately, liking one has to do with a guitar player. I own a Les Paul. Look, I have a Gold Top Les Paul right there. It's because of Slash. My friend's girlfriend was over last weekend. We were talking about the Gold Top, and she's like, what makes it special? And I grabbed the the Slash Funko Pop, and I said, because he's got a Gold Top in his Funko Pop. I go, Slash played it. So, that, if that makes you a sheep, I guess that makes you a sheep, but I'm just saying like, I'm as guilty as the next guy. So I, like I said, I'm not going to really agree with that statement. Sometimes it's just as simple as you want it, or it's an emotional thing, right? Um, like I did I've been married for 24 years. I didn't look at my wife and go, well, how much does she earn a year? Well, what's the, how does she, right? Sometimes it's just like, I don't know. I just like hanging out with you and that's enough for me. Um, now back to the part that does make sense is that, you know, when he's saying, yeah, that Fender can get away with it. Well, they can get away with it. And, and, and for the same kind of reason, I'm going to agree with you, uh, is that, yeah, cause people don't hold them accountable for it. I don't know the answer. Uh, I told you guys when I did this sweet water, uh, when I was at Sweetwater and I was there for I think it's eight days or whatever, um, it was, I think it was seven and eight days, seven or eight days. I can't remember because I try, you know, I have travel time. So two days of travel. So we'll say nine days total, but I think it was seven days there. Um, and I did so much in-depth work. One of the things that I was not able to find an answer to, and it's because they they didn't give me the answer. (laughs) And And it's all their fairness. Not everything had to be disclosed to me. Um, was they said that there was a company, and I can say this because they told me this, because again, they told me this part, they just wouldn't give me the answer. So I'm not holding, I don't know the answer. I'm not holding it back. But they told me there is a company that requests that they don't like inspect their guitars, right? And the reason why is because they said their customers don't care if the guitars have issues. I'm paraphrasing, by the way. I'm not trying to put this in their mouth. That I'm paraphrasing. I don't need to spend the next 10 minutes explaining the whole thing, the story they told me. The, the, the general idea of it is, There's a guitar company that said, because we were talking about like accountability on this stuff. And they said, well, there's a guitar company that said that they don't really want us to inspect the guitars because uh, that their customers don't care. And the irony of this story is, is that their customers don't care. In other words, Sweetwater looked at their, because Sweetwater can look at everything, the returns, complaints, you know, customer issues, they have the lowest customer complaints and issues. So they said, so there's a company, a guitar company that we don't really do the levels. They still inspect all guitars, but they don't do the levels on that guitar brand as much as other brands. And it's because that brand specifically asked not to. And where Sweetwater would come back and say, we don't care. We treat our customers with certain amount of respect and service. They said, when we looked at our, those customers, they're the happiest damn customers. So how can we argue with anybody, right? What are we going to do? And I, I don't know who the brand is. I'm sure a lot of you guys are going to spin off brands that you don't like and say, that's the brand. And it's probably the brand you like. And you're just, you know, you're the idiot in this. But my point is, is that really when they told me that all I could really get through my head was, wow, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense, and the the uh, the funny part was the funny part was um, there is something I thought about, and I thought about the fact that sometimes a guitar and it being defective has to do with how old you are, in other words, how tenured you are, how long you've been doing something. So in other words, like a like I said, like a connoisseur, and also how many damn guitars you have. And so I asked this question. When I came back, I asked just my friends, close friends, this question. I didn't set them up. I didn't tell them why I was asking the question. But what I started asking them was, we were talking about brands and guitars, specifically because of this conversation with Sweetwater. And I said, do you remember, and I, again, I'm just saying this because it's important that I don't implicate somebody because I don't know the answer, okay? I don't know if, which company they were talking about. But I did use Gibson. And here's why I used it. Not because, I was like, it's Gibson, it's Gibson, because it could have been as easy as it could have been Reverend. I mean, I have theories too. You guys are throwing out names; I can throw out stupid names too, right? Because there's all kinds of brands. Think about this: Taylor has some of the strongest loyalty in the industry. It could be Taylor just as well as it could be Reverend, as it could be with Fender, as it could be, you know, any of these brands. is They could just say, you know, all of them. But here's the interesting part: I asked a ton of my friends. I asked them this one question. I said, "Hey, when you got your first Gibson, not not how many Gibsons you have now, not now." When you got your first Gibson, what was wrong with it? I asked at least 15 friends. That doesn't mean anything, right? It's not like a Reuters poll, okay? But 15 friends that I asked, and I'm rounding down, 15 friends, I said, when you got your first Gibson, what was wrong with it, did you remember? And the answer was nothing, all 15, including myself. I can't remember a single thing that was wrong with my Gibson. So the question became next is, was, did we even look because your first Gibson was so exciting because it was like, I was, you know, first legit guitar. Or was it because you were younger and you weren't, you know, you didn't know what to look for? I mean, before, let's be honest, most of you guys, (laughs) before there was YouTube videos, you didn't know what to look at. Um, I I feel like, uh, you know, as someone who was creating content, uh, you know, uh, a lot of times I, I now have people argue with me on the things that I made videos on five, six years ago. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I I know I made that video. Like, <laughs> right? I mean, that's one of the only, I once, I, I think I told you guys this story early on. I once got in an argument in my store of, with a guy and uh, about a subject that he was saying and he got it reversed, And here's the funny part of that story. I I know I told this story on, like in the first 50 episodes of the podcast, I told the story. He came in the store, he argued with me, he told me something. I said, no, that's actually not right. He's like, no, it is right. I watched a guy on YouTube explain it. And he told me how I was wrong. And I was like, no, I I was thinking in my head, I didn't say anything to him, it was my mistake. I was thinking, that's gotta be my video. And he's got to flipped, he flipped what I said. And he actually got upset, he left. I was upset with myself for getting him upset. And then he came back in the store like an hour later and I thought he was going to just punch me. And he came in the store, he goes, I just watched the video and it's you. <laughs> and I said, yeah. And he goes, why didn't you say anything? He goes, yeah, you made that video. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, and he goes, and I had it backwards. And I said, yeah. <laughs> and then I apologized too. But um, the, the point of the story is, is that uh, sometimes when we talk about guitars being defective and the issues, it's like you're, you know, when guitars are expensive, you're, you kind of go over them. I sold a guitar once to a woman for her son for graduation. It was a Paul Reed Smith. We still talk about it to this day. It's a very famous Paul Reed Smith in this, uh, because it was expensive. It was, back in the day, it was probably twenty six to $2,800, okay? Uh, and here's what's funny. I'm not making this up. She came in with a magnifying glass. Like the day we called her, hey, your guitar had arrived. She got to the store. She pulled a magnifying glass out of her purse and she went over it for at least 20 minutes. And we were just standing there like, this is crazy. And it's not crazy. I mean, it's crazy that we're like, oh, you know, we're, we're in shock, right? But the thing that I was like, thinking about was, right, because this is a lot of money. And when somebody spends a lot of money, they start focusing on things. So basically that's what I'm getting at with this is that sometimes we talk about brands and we the real, reality is that Gibson is expensive. So you hold them accountable because they're expensive. When I do reviews, it's um I did a when I did a video with the AIO guitar and I talk about the overspray and stuff. I've said this many times in the video, the guitar is $500. If the guitar was 350, like they were, I don't think it would have been a problem at $500. I thought, ah, uh, it shouldn't come with those kind of problems, right? That's the whole point is you don't want any problems with the guitar, but some guitars, as they get more expensive, you expect less of those problems. And it's really weird when you get a guitar that's expensive and it still has problems, which is why Relic guitars is such a genius idea. <laughs> Cause how would you know there's a problem? Yeah. He says, uh, Steve 607 says she was an inspector. You know, she wasn't an inspector, but let me tell you, this wasn't a, I could tell this, this was probably the most expensive purchase she ever made in her life. And I, obviously she had the money to do that. So I'm not implying she didn't have money. I'm just saying this was a lot of money for a kid. It was, I mean, he was, he was graduating high school. It was a lot of money and she was determined to make sure it was right. (laughs) And so I'm just saying, uh, would she have done that if I sold her a $99 Squire? I don't think so. That's what I'm saying. So same person, but notice how the personality changes from, I got to have inspected with an inspection, you know, with a magnifying glass to, let's just take this, this thing and go. So there is going to be different levels of that. By the way, I would love to know who, <laughs> who told Sweetwater they don't need to have the, I, I, I think if I recall, again, it was, uh, they do the inspection, but if there's a problem, they just like don't level up that. It, go, it just goes on because the company requested it. And again, I thought it was, I agree with them, but I hate to say it's good business. If the customers are seem happy with it, I guess it's good product. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Okay. We have time for one more subject or question. I have no idea. <laughs> do I have, oh, did this, well, let me see if a super chat snuck, snuck in and it didn't. So don't, so don't do a super chat. Let's see if I can find a regular question. And if you're directing it to me, question marks first. I think we're going to call it. Let's see if there's one more. Hmm. Um, all right. I think we're done. I don't think we got any more. Wait, what did Brian say? He says, what is the finish on the strat over your right shoulder? (laughs) Uh, I have no idea. Uh, I'll tell you what I think it is. It's tropical something. Uh, I don't, it's a, it's the tropical paint job. Let me, let me tell you what, well, let me tell you what that is, that guitar is. And then you guys can tell me, Please put comments down below if I should do a video review of it. I had no intention of doing a review of it. Um, I have it on my phone. What? And I'll tell you what the guitar is. Because no one even asks what the guitar is. It's kind of funny. It's the... It's, uh, I get more questions about what the paint job is, but what the guitar is. So let me tell you what the guitar is. Because it's it's somewhat unique of a guitar. All right, let me... Here's the spec sheet. Uh, it is... Turquoise sparkle, uh, so turquoise sparkle. Oh, so I thought it was something else. So it's turquoise sparkle is the actual color. Uh, what? Uh, so it's not tropical. It's turquoise. Um, so it is. It looks exa- like I said. It looks exactly like what it is. It's turquoise paint job, but then it has silver sparkles in it. It is not a flake paint job. It's just like somebody put glitter on top of it. It is relict, so you know. Um, and, uh, it's a, it's what's called a, a, Wildwood 10 custom shop 61 strat. Um, so it's a, it's a journeyman relic. Okay. So it's a, it's a Fender custom shop 60, 1961. And if you see Wildwood 10, it means two things. One, it means it came from Wildwood guitars and two, it means it's a 10 inch radius. Cause it's part of their 10 inch radius thing. So it's got a little bit of vintage, a little bit of modern specification to it. Of course they still use the stupid truss rod, the wrong one, but that's okay. Um, and so that's what it is. A Wildwood 10 guitar. It was, it, it was my dream. I'm not exaggerating. It was, uh, probably uh, this, just so you guys know how bad my psychosis is with this stuff is, uh, it was a, a dream of mine to buy a bass from the bass place in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I was able to do that in 1999. I was able to go in that store and buy a bass. I always wanted to do that. I know it sounds like a strange thing. But it was a big deal for me the first time I bought something at Guitar Center. I always wanted to go, you know, I drove to Hollywood, I went to Guitar Center, and I got to buy something. Um, to me, their stores, is, is, is as iconic as owning a guitar is sometimes, just buying from certain stores. I always want, excuse me, I always wanted to buy a guitar from Wildwood Guitars in Colorado. It was always like a, a it was a dream. That was a store that for most of my life, especially even owning a store life, that you would go on their website and everything was just out of, it was, I was not, I was not comfortable spending those prices. So I just wasn't, Um, uh, I just wasn't going to buy a guitar like that. And what had happened was I, I one day I said, I'm going to buy a guitar from Wildwood Guitars, especially since the owner, Steve, I met him once and he was super nice. I met him at an event in Maryland. And, uh, we had to go to this airport where a bunch of us were at the airport and we had dinner and he paid for everybody's dinner. And I always thought that was a classy move. And anyways, nice guy, very, very smart. Plus I should tell you, maybe if you guys are cool, remember I told you, I tell you the German story and I told you the Germany story. Maybe I'll tell you the (laughs) the time Steve told what, what Steve said to the PRS guys that I think is, was the crazy. (laughs) Balls this big. (laughs) I was in the room when Steve Wellwood said a bunch of awesome things to the people at uh, PRS that... uh uh, I'll, I, if you guys want, I'll, maybe I'll share on the next show. Uh, it just remind me, somebody remind me to share that story. It was crazy. So anyway, so here's the important part. I always wanted to buy a guitar from Wildwood Guitars or an amp or something. And long story short, I decided finally it was time. So I don't remember when I did it. It was a while back, but I bought a Wildwood 10 guitar. So that's what it is. And I'm very happy I did, but I never decided to do a review because I don't know how many people are in the market for a crazy expensive custom shop strat. That's only available at Wildwood Guitars. If you guys want, um, uh, you know, uh, I'll do a review of that, but at least let me know. Okay. Uh, all right. And then Amanda says, I missed super chat. Let me refresh and see. Cause I don't want to do that. I hate it when I miss them. And Spencer green, Spencer green. Thank you. He says, I think you may have missed a super chat. Oh, <laughs> uh, I did. I did go into the kitchen to make a snack. It was about three-way switch that only works on the middle. If you uh, didn't answer it, please ignore this. Well, I didn't answer it. Let's find you, Spencer. Spencer. I feel bad, Spencer. You had to super chat me to to super chat me. Anyways, uh, he says, three-way switch is only working on the middle position uh, for an HH guitar, humbucker, humbucker guitar. Uh, How would you figure out what is wrong? Just switch the toggle uh, switch. Okay. So especially, thank you for saying toggle, because I didn't know if it was a blade switch or toggle on the three way. Sometimes I, I, you know, it's nice to have clarifications. Um, so what's happening is something's, uh, the way the toggle switch works, do I have props? Do I have anything? That's why I said sometimes I need props in here. Um, essentially you have two, two pieces of metal like this and you have uh, the switch and it touches one and it either, uh, you know, touches and it makes the connection or grounds out. doesn't matter. It's like this works and then this works. Right. And then in the middle, it's not working. That would tell me that the switch, something is grounding out in that switch. Or what I would honestly tell you is the fastest, easy way I could tell you how. So let me just tell you how I fix it. Okay. Um, I usually inspect it, look at it and see if there's anything obvious to me. That is bad, but it, usually when it comes to three-way switches, because they're so inexpensive to to fix as a, as a whole. And so this is where, like I said, I'm more of a guitar tech by trade and less of a at home. How do I fix this? If I was at home and time was you know uh, you know uh, not a factor, I would just like figure it out and bend things and touch things and figure it out. Uh, just replace it. <laughs> uh three-way switch is super easy to fix and replace. It's a super easy thing to do. A good three-way switch will cost you $15 to $20 max, and it will be uh, tons better than whatever one's acting up on you now. So I would go ahead and replace it. Um, what I can tell you is, is that you should be able, if you can't obviously look at what's shorting out or what's it doing that's not letting it to work, my guess is it's probably worn out there's these, actually, when I said there's two pieces of metal right here, there's actually two that go here and they have to touch each other. This stuff is just really, really cheap and it bends and it's just, it's not worth fixing is what I'm trying to get get at. Just replace the part. It's not that expensive. It's not that hard and um, you can do it. And I'll tell you what, since you super chatted me twice for that, if you message me at the mcknight 7 at gmail, Uh, if you can send me a picture, I'll try and look at your pictures this weekend, see if I can give you any better, more detailed advice. But also if you decide to swap it out, I will, uh, I'll tell you what, I will make a video on how to swap out a three-way switch and then I'll post it on YouTube. You just made everybody a video, right? So I will do the video for you and show you how to do it. I, I have so many videos on how to do potentiometers, how to do treble bleeds, how to do all kinds of stuff. I don't think I have a video on how to swap out a switch. I will literally do that video for you and you can just do it. There you go. That's what I would ask. Um, uh, and again, I'm also saying that keep in mind I don't know what switch you have. There's also a three-way switch where it's all encased in a box, and I can't you can't see any of that stuff. Either way, swap it out. It's just so easy, swap it out. But I will do the video if you agree to fix it yourself. <laughs> so there you go. Um, all right, guys. I want to thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. We'll have the same show next week. We have a couple videos coming out this week, which will be exciting. Please don't forget that the, um, I don't know that the, (laughs) what am I, what am I trying to figure? Oh, this don't forget. There it is. I put it back. Um, don't forget that if you take your phone and scan that, or if you go to the link down below, you can enter the Sweetwater or Stumac giveaway. too so many S's now. Stumac giveaway, where we're giving away $1,000 in tools and a Zoom call with me going over all the tools. And more importantly, those tools, I picked out every single tool based on the fact that those are the tools I use the absolute most. So one of the things I feel bad about since I had to budget to go up to over $1,000, I wanted to do some nut files. And I thought, oh man, I feel bad not putting them in there because they're so expensive. And a lot of you guys would be happy to have a set of those, but it's not something I use every day. I wanted to use something that literally I thought you would, if you bought them, they would use them. And uh, these are the tools I use every day. So like I said, sign up to win that, go to Instagram and check out the stuff. If you don't do Instagram, I promise you we'll figure out how to do something cool for this channel. Obviously I've been trying to stay away from giveaways on YouTube since YouTube's corrupted with headaches about that. And uh, although you can still do it, it's still a headache where Instagram doesn't seem to have the issue. So please check that out. On that note, I'm gonna let you guys go. I will see you guys next Friday. Same time, same channel. And as always, thank you for your time and know your gear.